Howdy folks, today we're taking your photo editing to a whole new level right after this. Welcome to Camera Shake, where we bring you the insider scoop on all things photography and videography, giving you a unique opportunity to stay ahead of the curve. We've spent literally hundreds of hours interviewing some of the most renowned photographers of our time, giving you access to knowledge and expertise that's not available anywhere else. As always, I'm your host Kirsten Lutz, and if you enjoy this content, consider lending your support on buymeacoffee.com forward slash camera shake to help us create more exciting episodes for you. Your support really does make a difference. But without further ado, let's give it up for today's special guest, the designer, Adobe expert, director for customer engagement and training at Sense Labs, dog lover, sock aficionado, and the only person I know that practically lives on planes, trains, and automobiles. Give it up for Mr. Ian Sayers. Ian, how are you? Carson, I think that's the best intro ever. I'm going to put that down onto a business card, especially the dog lover <laughs> and the socks. <laughs> well, you know, we have a lot of stuff in common. That was brilliant. That was really, really good. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. It's it's an absolute pleasure. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for, for absolute ages. <laughs> yeah, so we have I'm really actually, happy to have you on the show. Yeah, I actually think it's probably over a year ago. Um, I actually think yeah. the photography show, we actually discussed this, and you can remember the photography show didn't happen this year. So it would have been the previous year at the photography show. Yes, um, that's right. When we wow. were talking about, hey, we should take some time and, and jump on together and, and have a chat. Because uh, I love what yeah. you're doing with the podcast and even with the YouTube channel. I think it's absolutely amazing. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. It's uh, it's incredible, actually. Yeah, the photography show. Yes, you're right. It's it's over a year ago. That's crazy. Are you going to the one in March? Are you going to be free and at the, the photography show in March? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to be there for some, for some of the days. I think on the Saturday, I won't be there on the Saturday, but I'll definitely be there for the rest of the days. So probably. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe. So I'm going to be there for the four days. And so I'll be there a day before and also the day after as well. And just so the show the Sense Labs kit, and uh, I'm doing some talks at the show on Premiere Pro actually for photographers and, and taking Fantastic. some stuff. So looking forward to it a lot. It'll be really good. Amazing. So today we're going to talk about um, basically how to make you know our photographers' lives easier um, with our editing because we spend hours and hours and hours and hours um, in front of the computer screen editing. Um, and of course, I think like a lot of other people, like a lot of other photographers, you know, I myself really started out using a mouse to edit. And it, I, I used a mouse for years and years and years um, until I finally saw the light and moved on to a graphics tablet. And that's that's what we're going to be talking about. But I introduced you earlier um, as the uh, the customer and uh, design the training director for Sense Labs. Give us a little yep. uh, overview over what Sense Labs is and what you guys do. So I joined the company two years ago. And actually coming up in, on the 1st of December, we'll be going into my third year in the company. And prior to this, I worked for another tablet company externally. So I've always ran my own business. And prior to this, I, I was an ambassador for another brand, another graphics tablet brand. And I was an ambassador for them for 14 years. So for me to stop being a brand ambassador for one company and to shift, that's a huge thing. So I like trust, I like morals, um, I like doing things a certain way. And 
sense labs when they came across sense labs with an X, uh, which people always look and say, how do you pronounce the name? Uh, but when sense labs came along, they sent me out a tablet, the medium bundle, uh, which is a tablet and quick keys and a case. And I'll show you that uh, as we're going through this session. But they sent me it and said, hey, have a look at this. And I said, uh, no, I'm okay, thanks. And they went, no, no, seriously, have a look at it. Uh, if you like it, tell us just between us. Don't have to advertise it online. Just tell us what you think of it. And I say, I've been working with another company for 14 years externally, helping them build their brand. So for me to look at another tablet, I've seen lots and lots and lots of different brands over the years. And they've always had problems with drivers or lag on the screen or on the tablet itself. There's always been something which has made me set the other tablets and the other displays down and think that they're just not up to par. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I said, yes, I'd have a look at it. And one hour and 31 minutes, because anytime I'm reviewing a product yeah. or looking at a product, I have a little timer that I switch. Um, and I have what's called a light bulb moment is what I call it. It's that moment when you're using a product that you suddenly go, oh, this is good. And you kind of realize, oh, I like this or this helps in some way. So one hour and 31 minutes, exactly. Um, I realized that the tablet that Sensabs had sent me was actually better than any other tablet that I'd ever used. Uh, and I mean ever used for lots and lots and lots of little small reasons that came together to make me think I can't be an ambassador for a company and tell people that this other tablet company is the best on the planet when my heart was now looking at this new Sense Labs tablet, thinking, wow, that actually fixes a lot of what I call pain points. So for nearly 20 years, I've been running my own business. I've been doing training courses with photographers, uh, teaching them photo editing, teaching them retouching skills. I've been working with uh, video guys for Premiere, graphic designers with InDesign. And all, throughout the whole time, it's been promoting another brand uh, with their tablets and their displays because I believe working with a mouse and having your hand like this will end up hurting you years later. It does. Um, so yeah, absolutely, it does. Holding a pen in your hand is so much more natural. You do that as a kid yeah. and you paint and you draw, so get a pen back in your hand and use this. So for me to move from one brand to another, I suddenly realized that Sense Labs fixed a lot of the pain points, the problems that I faced when I was at a photography show with other brands and people were coming up and saying, oh, I have a problem with this. Sensab's tablet, the very first tablet that I looked at, fixed a lot of those pain points. So I had no contract with Sensab's. I had nothing planned with them. I was still running my own business and I actually phoned up the other tablet company and told them, I'm sorry, but I have to quit. I have to stop. And I had several weeks and months of other work planned and said, I'm really sorry, but I have to step back from being an ambassador for you because there's something new that's come on the market that has seriously impressed me. And if this is their first product on the market, what is the roadmap going to be like? And I didn't know what the roadmap was going to be like then. I, I didn't have a job with them. I wasn't working with them in any shape or capacity. It literally was one of the teams sent me it and said, hey, and then that other team member, I worked with them when they were in a different tablet company. Um, and, and let's just put names to this. So 90% of the team in Sense Labs came from Wacom. Oh, wow. 90%. And it's people who have moved across the Sense Labs because they can see 
how good the product is. So when I was sent the product, I was sent somebody who I knew that previously worked in Wacom that now worked in Sense Labs. Uh, and I kind of thought, well, hang on, there's these people that are now in Sense Labs. They're now creating a quality product, which fixes a lot of the problems which I had when I was training people, training photographers. And some people are left-handed, some people are right-handed. And there's little things on the tablet fixed. And uh, screen recording, like we're recording this uh, for your YouTube channel as well as for the podcast. If some people had accidentally activated some of the buttons which were on other tablets, so uh, XP Pen, Vake, Garmin, Wacom, all these different tablets all have buttons on the tablets on the sides. And when people were screen recording, they accidentally pressed those buttons and it kept up on screen. And they were going, oh, we have to pause and stop and rewind and re-edit that part again so you don't see what comes up on screen. SenseLabs removed all the buttons off the tablets. So they did so many little things to make it easy that it seriously impressed me. There was enough for me to stop working with another company and to literally go, let's just take a pause on working with any one brand. So roll on two months later and uh, SenseLabs offered me a job within the company. And the, the title now, uh, two years later, is Customer Engagement and Training Director. Uh, I work in EMEA, which is UK, Ireland, and Europe, uh, but I also help global. Uh, so I've been to WMAX Japan just recently, uh, and I was out there helping the Japanese team uh, with partnerships and with the event. I've been to LA for Adobe Max. I've done the Adobe Max London, and there's going to be a few new surprises coming up in the new year that I can't talk about uh, for some other events that's going to be coming from Adobe, uh, which we've been yeah, partnering Russell, with. Russell has been very cryptic, cryptic about these things. So he hasn't really told me anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. NDA, 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 NDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign enough yeah. of them over the days and over the years that it gets a bit crazy. Uh, but Sensabs, they're a young company. Uh, they've only been on the market a few years. And when coming onto the market, we brought the first tablet, which was the, the medium bundle onto the market. We then created a small tablet. And then we also have uh, what's called a Nebula white tablet. So it's the same tablet as the medium, but in white format. And then this year, at the start of this year, uh, in March, we brought out our nice new display and we launched our 24-inch pen display. And that display and its features that have in it uh, and the cost and the size and the fact that there's a stand and everything else is included in it, the fact that if anyone's watching this on YouTube, you'll see that if I hold my head up, there's little blue lights because I've turned on my ring lights, uh, yet there are no glare spots on my display at all. So there's an anti-etching and an anti-glare put onto the display. And so the products, they're not just coming up with professional products, they're coming up with products that fix a lot of the problems that people face. If photographers are setting retouching, and I've seen this time and time again from training people by going into their studios, they're sitting maybe at nighttime or with the lights out and they've got spotlights on and those spotlights are reflecting onto their displays and they're constantly moving like this uh, or changing the angle in which they're sitting or if they've got a, a graphics display, they're moving the graphics display or changing the angle. Why? Because they can't see what they're retouching because the light's reflecting off the screen. So I'm sitting here with yeah. two ring lights on front of me and I've got two diffuse lights behind me. And if I flick across to an over-the-shoulder camera angle, 
there is no reflections that's coming across on this display. Even with the two ring lights, which are just above me, there's no glare that's on this screen whatsoever. So it just makes, when the time comes to sit and edit, it just makes it so much more straightforward and easy that you're not having to compromise your workspace, which helps to speed things up. So SenseUps have uh, attended a lot of different events. I've been to the photography show. Uh, we took part in Photoshop um, Summit, virtual summit. Uh, we've been to Photokia uh, in Germany and a whole host of more events right across the world. And say I'm looking after with Paul, the EMEA side, the European side. And we've got some pretty big plans set up for next year, including the photography show, uh, which is happening in March. Say I'm talking quite a few days on different stages at that, and I'll be teaching uh, some sessions on Premiere Pro, which is video editing for photographers. Because as you know, neither were photographers, well, I'm not actually, I wouldn't class myself as a photographer. I do more of the retouching. Uh, I let you guys take all the pretty pictures. But for me, <laughs> I like to make sure that when somebody clicks that camera button, that if even if they've taken just still images with normal photography, that they can spruce that up and make more of an impact with the marketing side of things. So getting people into using video editing, Premiere Pro, and some of the capabilities that's in Premiere Pro this day, especially with the new AI for the audio cleanup that's there, and some of the things which is going to be coming out before March within Premiere Pro uh, is going to make it so much easier for photographers uh, to take Premiere Pro, to take video editing, to grab all the images that they've done and either use templates that are there or design their own uh, and just really easily pull it all together. Hopefully with SenseLabs, either tablets or displays, um, because a lot of the stuff can be done with this little guy, which is a pen, as opposed to the claw that you're going to have as a holding a mouse. So for SenseLabs, there's a, a roadmap. There's new products coming. And I'm more than excited. I'm, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. Uh, eyes wide open going, really? You've invented what? You've done this? You've done that? You've improved that? What? Because I have a list of over nearly 20 years, I feel old saying that, uh, of all problems that I faced and that photographers have faced when they go to retouch, when they go to literally for their workflow, for processing their photos. Uh, I have Lightroom open and I'm going to show some things using what we have here, which is called the Quick Case, uh, which is our little remote. And I can actually edit a lot on Lightroom just by using this one remote. And you can see, hopefully you can see on the screen there that there's zero, one, two, three, four, five, and pick and reject that's on this, uh, which is ready to go for Lightroom. And I can do a lot of editing just with this remote don't need to go and grab a mouse and go from side to side, from panel to panel. I don't need to go up and down through menu items because I can program 44 buttons into this. So there's eight buttons that you see and there's a little button at the bottom which allows you to cycle through five different sets which gives you 40 buttons. And then you've got a dial which has got four different settings on it as well. And you can customize this to anything you want. So any button that you yeah. press within Photoshop or Lightroom or Capture One uh, or any application. I have mine configured for Premiere Pro and After Effects and design for Mail, Mac Mail. Um, and I'm a creative, I like to call myself a creative nerd rather than just a nerd. So I actually have my quick keys 
so that I can control my music system. And, uh, you know, and cookies quite... are huge. It's 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 huge because you know you might be you know if you're listening to this um, or if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you might be listening to this and you think like, well, but you yeah. know I can I can just click something with the mouse. It's just as easy. But let me tell you, I mean from my own experience, um, when you get to the point where um, you're either doing the same action lots of times or you're bulk editing, you know, vast um, amounts of images. So to give you an example, you know, one of the things that I do uh, when I'm not shooting yeah. portraits is I shoot boxing matches. And so for a typical event, you know, I'd, I'd probably generate about 3,000 images, something like that. And out of that, um, I deliver and edit anywhere between 500 to 700 images, you know, which means I have to go through each. Well, first of all, I have to, I have to select yeah. the images that go to edit, but then, you know, but then I have to literally edit every single image and that's, you know, 500 to 700 images. That's a ton of images to edit. And you know, I've found, I mean, whenever I can find a shortcut to do something, to make something more efficient, you know, it, it has a huge impact on the overall time that I have to spend yeah. um, editing all these images. Because if you think about it, if you save just one second per image over 700 images, that saves you 700 seconds. And now you're over, t you have to save over 10 minutes. But by being clever with things like, you know, using things like quick keys, um, I use I use a Stream Deck for so many different things. And we're talking about, you know, uh, quick keys for yeah. um, for video editing, for example. Um, I edit a lot of stuff in Final Cut, and uh, I use my Stream Deck for that. I have lots of different functions that would normally require some kind of hotkey combinations. I've got a setup on like individual buttons um, on my Stream Deck, and and it means I can press one button and it immediately takes that, it makes that function much easier. I can have my hand on the Stream Deck and I can literally just dance around the Stream Deck um, yeah. and press individual buttons rather than having to deal with two hands and using the keyboard. And for those of you who don't know what a Stream Deck is, it kind of looks like this because even, whoops, there we go. Uh, even just making this podcast, I'm actually, I, I'm actually sort of navigating everything that you see on the screen with this Stream Deck. So, you know, um, again, rather than having to use a mouse, you know, if I want Ian to be um, on the screen on his own, I click one button and there he is. And then if I want to switch back to myself, I click another button and there we are. And if we want to be together on the screen, then it's just another button again. So using quickies is huge. It saves you so much time, um, which you can actually spend doing other things. Like why would you want to spend seven hours editing if you can get it done in two? Because, you know, you can watch Netflix. Just imagine that. I love this because you just showed the, the Stream Deck and how it works and the way that it works. But the one thing to add into that is that the Stream Deck has a cable that goes from the Stream Deck into your computer. Correct, yes. This quick case is wireless. Yeah. So there's a Bluetooth dongle that's in the computer, uh, but this can literally sit anywhere on your desk. Whereas with the likes of uh, the Stream Deck, you have a cable, so it has to sit somewhere around your desk. And I can actually walk downstairs. So I'm this is a green screen behind me, and I'm actually up in my attic. Uh, my attic's been converted since we moved into the house a lifetime ago. And uh, I can actually walk downstairs into my kitchen, two stores down, two floors down, and I can still control my music on my Apple HomePod system by using my quick keys. So I have my Apple Music set up. I have it all connected up. And as long as my computer's on, then I can use this guy anywhere around my house to play my music and I can push a button on this to play it on different speakers 
uh, once I'm into my Apple Music setup. And it's just so easy, but it's it's wireless, it's portable. So there's no cable that's plugged in. But I'm a big believer, same as yourself, I use OBS and I can jump between different scenes and I can open up OBS with this and then just click between different scenes, which shows me on screen or shows overhead cameras. Uh, we were talking before we, we jumped onto this session about the number of cameras that I have around me. I have five cameras sitting around me here. Uh, I have different lights which are connected to me so I can control all of that with the quick keys if it's set up as an app or as a, a feature on the, the computer. And it's all about workflow. It's all about, as you say, if that can save you 10 minutes, if that can save you an hour, then that's an hour you could be doing something else that you could be charging out for something else. It's more work that exactly. you could be taking on. And so I have a very simple things in life that, that you know, it's all about the workflow. It's all about making sure that what you do saves you money or makes you money. It's a simple fact. It has to yeah. either save you money or make you money. Saves you money because you're doing something that's speeding it up and it's not going to cost you a long time to do it or makes you money because, hey, it's just sped things up so there's more jobs that you can fit in a day. Or, as you said earlier, you could go for a walk with a puppy dog. Hey, let me just jump in real quick to tell you about the amazing sponsor of this episode, Platypod. Platypod offers innovative camera support systems designed to unleash your creativity. With their stable, versatile, and portable solutions, you can capture stunning shots like never before. And I'm not just saying that. As the host of the Camera Shake podcast, I can personally vouch for Platypod's incredible products. They've become an integral part of the show. In fact, I'm surrounded by various Platypod products holding up lights, cameras, microphones, and so on. It's really helped to transform the way I make the show and the way I shoot at home in the studio and on location. But don't just take my word for it. Explore Platypod's website at www.platypod.com to discover their range of products, including the Platypod Extreme, Platyball Tripod Heads, and the brand new handle, of course. Make sure to follow Platypod on Instagram and Facebook at Platypod Tripods for exclusive updates, tips, and giveaways. By choosing Platypod, you're not only investing in your photography, but you're also supporting the Camera Shake Photography Podcast. Thanks again to Platypod, our amazing sponsor. Platypod, where innovation never sleeps. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's uh, workflow really becomes important once you know once you're dealing with with volume, uh, like volumes of, of images, for example, or you know, or video editing. Um, the beauty of of something like you know the, the sense like uh, sense labs quick keys or something like a stream deck is that you can use that for all sorts of different software applications. So you could use it. You know, I I use my stream deck for. Um, in Final Cut Pro, I, I use it for Photoshop. I use it for Lightroom a lot. You, especially for a lot of the automated functions um, in Lightroom, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, there's there's no need for me to take my hand off and move my mouse around. Um, and we'll talk about <clears throat> mouse mice. What's the plural of computer mouse? Is it computer mice or mouses? Mice. <laughs> it's mice. Okay, cool. Mices. Bricks. Mices. We'll just yeah. call them bricks. It's just a brick in your hand. That's all. Exactly. Because that that's a whole other thing. You know, moving on. Uh, from moving on from a mouse to a pen, um, that's an interesting experience because I think for a lot of people, a lot of people who are used to editing with a mouse, um, and I, I guess when you get into photo editing in the first place, it's the most natural way to get into it because we're already used to using either trackpads or a mouse for when we operate a PC or a Mac anyhow. But then that's the craziest course, thing comes, ever. So when people tell me that they use a trackpad to do photo editing, I kind of yeah, wow. It's just yeah, and, 
Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I, I know this because I've been suffering. I've been suffering with this for for many years. You know, and and what holds people back a lot of the time is just the fear of the unknown. You know, because yeah. they think like, oh, it's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing when like people talk about like switching from Windows to Mac, for example. It's like, oh, and I have to relearn the whole thing, and I'm already used to Windows. You know, and oh, I can't. You know. And it's the same thing with a pen. It's like, oh my God, I've got to relearn everything that I do. But the reality is, and this is, you know, truly my own experience. When I switched from using the mouse to using a pen, I did I did one simple thing. I basically just put my mouse in a drawer and I basically said, like, right, for the next week, I'm not going to use the mouse at all. I'm going to do everything, everything I need to do on a computer with a pen. And I was expecting it to be tough and I was expecting it to be hard. And I was expecting to get frustrated at first, but quite the opposite was true. Actually, it was like somebody's lifted a massive burden, a massive weight off of my shoulder, and everything yeah. just became natural. Because actually, you know, we're used to using a pen ever since the very beginnings of primary school. Yeah. That's what we do. We going use back pens to for everything. Yeah, going back to right. basics is, is so freeing. You know, that's the I think that's the word liberating. That's the word. So my kids have grown up without using a mouse, and uh, they've always used a, a graphics tablet of some sort over the years, um, just sure. because I'm a, I'm a bit of a nerd that way, and, and I've always had them here in the house, and, and it worked. So they've never really used a mouse. So when my kids were a little bit younger, they're all now off to university or just through university. But when they were in grammar school, uh, one of the modules in the school was one of the, the computer studies classes was the teacher was going to show them Photoshop. And he announced, hey, we're going to show you this Photoshop next week. So my son brought in his tablet and literally the teacher said, oh, and this is what we're going to do. And the whole class were sitting there with their, the mouse sitting on the side of the desk. Um, and Chris went, uh, can I plug in this? And the teacher went, oh, you've got a graphics tablet. Yeah, yeah, you can do so much more with it. And the teacher started going through with the mouse and saying, I want you to click this button. But as he was coming up with the mouse, the mouse missed the button and you could see it kind of waving his hand around and going out oh, this button was a little bit of a hesitance coming through with the mouse in order to select it because your hand's moving almost like in a mouse map area to try and select something that's on a big screen so your hand to screen ratio takes a lot of time with a mouse to get comfortable with whereas with the pen tablet or with a pen display you've got click this is where I want to be on a display it's even easier because you can literally just click down and see where it is with a tablet the tablet gives you a little bit bigger of a surface area than what a mouse would be and the full tablet area represents the full screen size that you have so if you're going to use this is our our small tablet which is here um, and if you're going to use a tablet then the actual markers that's on this tablet represent your entire screen so if you need a menu item that's in the top left you don't, with your mouse, go, let's scroll up to the top left and, and do a couple of sweeps. With a graphics tablet, you click, that's where I want to be, and that's where I am. With the display, you put the pen down on the display exactly where you are. So it is going back to basics, and it makes kids, as they're growing up, drawing with painting, drawing with pencils. Even if you're not artistic, if you can't draw, you sketch and you, you doodle and you scribble with a pen or a pencil in your hand. You get into school and, and primary school and they give you paintbrushes. They don't give you a mouse until you get into almost like later in primary school and go into grammar school. And then from this movement to this brick movement, 
it just changes and you see the creativity within kids stifled you see kids who have been very artistic all of a sudden going oh this doesn't feel right it's not comfortable which is why a lot yeah. of uh, families bought tablets um, and have kids working with tablets at home because they can see the benefit of it and also iPads with Apple pencils that's what went boom right across the planet Huge. so that people can still draw with the Apple pencil and one of the things which I totally love uh, about what Sense Labs do is they actually give you two pens in the box and one of those pens is called a thin pen so for anyone who's ever used an Apple Pencil on an iPad, the thin pen from Sense Labs, which comes free in the box, it's all included in the, the packaging, um, the thin pen is very close representation to the Apple Pencil. So if you've used an Apple Pencil on an iPad and then you go to a computer, we find most people then lift up the thin pen so they can carry on drawing. So there's a, a, a phrase called transference so when you move from one device to another, it has to feel comfortable for you. You mentioned that when you went from the mouse to pen, you were expecting it to be troublesome, but it actually was a bit liberating yep. for you. Uh, and that's transference. It's making sure that when you've used one device, that when you come to use another, that it feels comfortable. And that's where the, the thin pen comes through. So getting people to use a pen with either a tablet or a display they will naturally, people naturally don't like change. And uh, change, yep. the, the best way of approaching change is through education and through uh, the benefits of what the change is. If you just tell somebody, hey, you have to get rid of your mouse and hold a pen, they're going to go, oh, really? Oh, what, how does this work? Uh, and they're going to reluctantly do it. But when you show them the benefits of it and you ask them, so if anyone who's used a mouse, if you ask them to look at their wrist, to see if there's any little balls of, of gristle forming because of the way they move their hand around. If they have a little ball of gristle on their wrist, a little bump, they're going to have problems later on in years with that. Whereas how you hold a pen in your hand means that your wrist movement isn't hitting any hard surface. And Sensab's even thought of that as well, Kirsten, in that the tablets all have a nice gentle curved surface at the bottom. So as you're drawing on the tablet surface, you're not hitting a hard edge. You've got to, if I hold that up, maybe be able to see it probably, there's just a gentle curve at the bottom. So that gentle curve just means your hand glides across the tablet surface. So there's less friction that's hitting your hand. And on the display, it's edge-to-edge -edge glass that goes right across. So again, your hand's not hitting anything. Whereas using the mouse, eh, it just gets eh, in your hand. That's a technical phrase for uh, <laughs> yeah. The thing you know, the thing about a mouse is, but um, it's like for me, this is the, the biggest benefit um, or advantage of using a pen versus a mouse is that if you want to get from point A to point B on the screen with your mouse, you need to literally drag the mouse across your mouse mat. But with a pen, you just naturally lift your hand up and then you place it back down wherever you need to place it back down. And that's, you know, that in itself, it speeds up the movement, but it just, you know, there's less drag, it there's less resistance. It just makes it, it makes the whole movement much more, um, much more yeah. efficient and, you know, and quicker. And, you know, this, it's interesting what you mentioned, uh, what you talked about when it comes, when it comes to the Apple Pencil. So my youngest daughter is an avid artist. Um, she's been drawing, especially pencil drawings. Um, she's 12 now. She's been, probably been drawing since she was six, I think, something like that. Um, 
and she's she's gotten really really good at pencil drawings so she loves drawing all sorts of different things she did studies on eyes on noses you know mouths and also she just really gets into it and, and absolutely loves it and uh pretty pretty much exactly a year ago last christmas she said um she wanted an ipad with an apple pencil for christmas because she wanted to get into digital drawing and i thought oh well, well that's interesting of course it's just an extension of her artistic nature you know but I thought it'd be interesting to see how well or how quickly she adapts to digital yeah. drawing. And I was absolutely mind blown because it took no time at all. It was just a natural, yeah. um, you know, transference or whatever you call it from, you know, from using pencils, actual pencils to using the Apple pencil. And literally within a day or two, she created artwork on the iPad. That absolutely blew my mind, and I have to say, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm good at using cameras. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a great, I'm not great at drawing. Like I can draw a thing or two, but not, you know, not 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 on that level by any stretch of the imagination. But um, the things that she's that she's done were really amazing. I actually, yeah. um, I've actually asked her to create a new camera type logo for for the podcast. I was part of the podcast as well, so she's been working on that. So you know. If you're again, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, um, you know, wait for that. That's going to happen. <laughs> Not just future, Penner, but you know exactly who's going to well for the branding for the new branding. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, she's uh, so yeah, so she's she's been she's been working. <laughs> but you know, it's just uh, it was just amazing to see you know a twelve year old or eleven year old at the time uh, to just yeah. so seamlessly move from from using you know pencils to uh, to using the Apple pencil and drawing on the iPad, and and she just completely naturally moves between the two mediums now you know yeah. the two media it's it's very natural um and that was that was really interesting to see it's good to get kids involved in an early age we're using graphic tablets and displays and um, so that it, it just keeps that creativity flowing for them uh, i've seen yeah. some guys who went through um, doing photography uh, in university and in school and they're all using different types of graphic tablets and there's there's a lot of different types of graphic tablets that's on the market and um, that cover different sure. people's costs and benefits and stuff um, and as I say sense labs have a small they have a medium with the white for the tablets because some people actually like tablets and other people actually like displays uh, and people who tend to draw on iPads like displays people who are traditional artists that draw on pencil and paper tend to like the tablets so there's a wide range of different things for different people. Uh, and even some photographers that are doing retouching don't like the fact that when they're using a display, their hand could be over the top of where they're actually editing or retouching and they prefer tablets. And likewise, some people don't like, some ph photographers that I've worked with don't like tablets because they have to keep the hand-eye coordination to their display. They'd much prefer to jump into it. So there's a whole wealth of different things and different ways that people work but what we can do is we can speed up that workflow and we can fix that workflow a little bit easier everybody has their own way of working everybody has their own way of doing things and in lightroom i have my quick key set up so that i can pick or reject or highlight from one to five for different ratings i can then also go in with lightroom and i can go in and start playing about with the develop module Within Lightroom on any photograph, uh, I'm just going to take one image in Lightroom and I'm going to reset it real quick. 
which is like this. So I'm going to actually just share my screen and I'll talk over what it is because I'm conscious that some people um, are maybe be listening to this on the, the podcast. Um, I actually do have a mouse. I went and got a mouse just so I can show differences. Um, I don't use a mouse. I haven't used a mouse in so long, but I always print a mouse with me so that I can show the benefits of using a pen as opposed to using a mouse. So just keep this off to the side at the minute. So this is uh, this is Lightroom up and running. Um, I'm using a Mac and I'm left-handed, so I've swapped my panels across. So when I'm in the develop module here, I've got my program and uh, most of my editing tools here uh, down the left-hand side of my screen. So you can see here with everything that I need to do. And some very simple things that if you were in, this is, so there's a whole blast of images that we were using uh, at Adobe Max for the Western theme. And this is just one of the images that we were playing with. So right now, if I wanted to come in and change anything like exposure or contrast or highlights or shadows, I would have to come away from the middle of the image where I am, come across the left-hand side and start going in and changing the exposure. And winging slider bars is what I call this. Uh, I obviously can come in and click in the box and then go up or down through the keyboard settings so they can apply it. But the problem here is I'm actually coming away from the image, from what I'm working on, to access all of these standard settings. If I wanted to adjust something very simple, uh, like the shoe saturation or luminosity, then I have to come down and I have to say, well, where is shoe saturation and luminosity? How do I find shoe saturation and luminosity in this panel? If I wanted to change some of uh, the brushes, then I have to figure out in Lightroom and have to learn, well, where are those brushes? Where am I going to? What am I clicking on? And there's a whole series of where are things? And that's, that's kind of like any application. There's where is things? It's hidden. It's, it's gone. It's out of the way somewhere. Um, and I need to find it. What I actually have with my quick keys, if I just switch over to this view, I'll lift up my quick keys, is I have 40 buttons that's on my quick keys. There's eight buttons that you can see here, and then there's a little switch at the side. So a minute ago, this had zero, one, two, three, four, five, and pick and reject. Well, now you can see it's rotate left, rotate right. Show me my clipping, which I can turn on or off. Um, reject photographs still. But then I have these three, which I've customized, which is target adjustment hue, target adjustment luminosity, target adjustment saturation. So what does that mean? It means that while my quick keys is sitting here, I don't need to come across to the left-hand side of my screen to try and figure out where those things are. I can literally click a button and it's taken me directly to my target adjustments with my hue, and I can come in and say, well, I wonder if I were to change this. You can see there's more purple coming through there, or I can change the color. And all I'm doing now is I'm drawing and dragging up or down on the screen. So that's the hue, obviously a color shift that I can change. And I'm actually in editing the image. As you see, I'm doing some crazy edits, so don't criticize me for the changing that I'm doing. And if I change luminous, I can click one button for luminosity. And I can say, well, I'm just going to darken this area down a bit more, change the brightness on that. And I'm going to bring that down a little bit more, bring this up a bit more in his face. Because it's automatically selected 
on the left hand side of my screen. The color mixer for Loomis, which you can see here. And the last one is if I click on saturation, then you can see the cursors here, uh, which is in the middle of the screen. But when I click on target adjustment saturation on my quick keys, I don't have to come away from the middle of the image, but now it's switched automatically for color mixer saturation. So what does that mean? Well, it just means that I can start changing and playing with the image, adding a little bit more color into some parts, reducing down some color in others. So it's meaning that I'm not having to come away from the image to go and look at something that's happening on the sidebar uh, and finding where it is on the sidebar because there's so much now packed in to Lightroom that you could be coming up and down or scrolling up and down on the sidebar. They say my sidebar's on the left because I'm left-handed and normally that would be on the right-hand side. You can change that in their preferences uh, for left-handed people out there. Right, I'm going to switch across to another set that's on my quick keys. Um, and one of the things I'm going to do is my linear gradient or a radial gradient. So if I'm using uh, a normal pen or mouse or trackpad and I have to change linear gradient, how do I find linear gradient in Lightroom? Where is it? Oh, well, you have to come up here. You have to kind of click in the top side and go, oh, it's one of these guys. Wonder where it is. Oh, let's just click on this guy. Um, oh, there's a linear gradient that's hidden in here. Now you'll notice the linear gradient on my screen beside it has letter M and radial gradient has shift M and brush has K. Are there keyboard commands? And if you have keyboard commands, then you can program it onto the quick keys, which means it speeds up your workflow. So instead of me having to come across and look up and down the sidebar and find where the button is that I need to click, that loses your focus of what you're editing on screen. So instead of doing that, Kirsten, what I can do is I can click one button and it'll take me straight through to my radial gradient so that I can select and draw the shape that I want. So let's just put it over his head like so. I can now come across and say, oh, let's just change the exposure and darken that right down. And this is where everybody, if you're watching this on YouTube, go, why would you do that? Because you just say that incredibly dark and, and really bad. Um, so it's this next step. Think about what it is you do. So I'm going to invert this so that anything inside this circle uh, becomes nice and bright and everything outside goes dark. And to do that within Lightroom, I come up to where the mask is that it's just created. And I come into the three little dots just to the side. And in here, you can see that there's a button that says, a selection that says invert mask. And if you look carefully, you'll notice that there's a keyboard command for that. And if there's a keyboard command for it, then I can program it straight down onto my quick keys so that I can get this type of artifact that comes straight through. So instead of me having to go look for that, if that's a feature that you use, if that invert button is something that you would use uh, in order to make some highlights, to make some different stylistic changes to an image, then don't bother coming and moving your cursor around the screen and trying to find where the menu item is. Once you know that you've got a keyboard command for it, then you can program that keyboard command straight down onto your quick keys so that you don't have to start moving around the screen to try and find things or trying to remember where things are. 
if you have a workflow where this would be the type of uh, effect that you would create, then you can program pretty much all of those steps into the quick keys so that you don't have to jump around the screen to try and find things. Now, let me just go grab another image and I will take this and I'll take this image. Yeah, I'm going to take this one. I'm going to develop module. So while I'm in here, I'm going to flick on to another set uh, on my quick keys. And this one is one that I absolutely love. So I'm going to hold that up and, and hopefully you'll be able to see that a little bit. And um, change the angle of it. You get see, there's no reflection on my display, but you get reflection on this when I'm holding up. So there's film strip, there's BA1, BA2, which is before and after one, two. There's the lights, left panel info, and then the last two on the side is treatment down and treatment up. And this is where the fun and the magic happens. So I'll run you through some of these first. So the treatment down and treatment up are the magic ones. But if I go film strip, and if I click, oh, look, there's my film strip straight in. I click film strip again, it disappears. Left panel, if I want that to disappear, I can make the left panel disappear. And you can see that I still have my highlights on, but you can see the little blue lines here coming through. And this is just ways and means that if I want to see this image with the light side, then instead of having to go and find the button for light side, I can literally just click one button on my quick keys. You can see my cursor sitting here in the middle, but I can just go like this. I'm not having to look at my keyboard and think, what is the button on my keyboard for lights to change the view that I've got? Uh, what is the button before and after? I haven't done anything to this image just yet, uh, but what's the button for before and after? What do these little guys do down here? I'm not having to think about it. All I'm doing is I'm literally taking the quick keys and I'm saying, let's program a button so that anytime I need it, I've got it here on my quick case. Now, treatment down and treatment up. This is your treatment panel. It's on the left-hand side, on my left-hand side here within Lightroom. And a lot of people would have that on the right-hand side as I said earlier. And you can see there's exposure, contrast, highlights, shadows, whites, blacks, texture, clarity, dehaze, uh, vibrance, saturation, which is all in this treatment panel. Well, if I click the treatment down button on my quick keys, hopefully you'll be able to see on screen what's actually happening. It's running down through this panel. Every time I hit the treatment down, it runs down through each of these options. Guess what? If I hit the treatment up button, it goes the opposite. It goes up through the panels. Now, what if I want to come in and edit this image? Sorry, I pushed the wrong button there. That's why things jumped around the screen. So this little slider bar, I actually hate the idea of just winging slider bars and going crazy like this. I think that's just insane. Okay. But what if instead of winging slider bars, I can actually turn a dial. I can change the dial that's on my quick case. So if I switch to this view, you can see this is my quick case. And I've got treatment down and treatment up, which is at the bottom here. And I've got my dial and I can spin the dial around to make it darker because I'm on exposure. I can go treatment down. I'm now on my contrast. So I can either darken the contrast or I can increase the contrast. And again, I'm just spinning a dial 
as opposed to winging slider bars, I get a more accurate, I can slowly move the dial or I can very quickly move the dial and it will change and alter the image. It's the highlights. You can see I can just turn some of this down. I'm just playing with this image just to show you that I can actually hold the quick keys in my hand and go treatment down. That's the whites. Let's not increase the whites. Let's just darken the ring right down. Treatment down. Here's the blacks. Oh, let's just change that a little bit. Uh, there's the texture. There's the clarity. And you can see how quick and easy this is. And I'm literally just playing about with this image. I'm not doing anything specific to it. I am literally just changing how I want this image to look. And I am making a total mess of this image, but that's okay. It'll get the point across. I'm doing it all in this. I'm watching my image on screen and I'm editing all of the treatment file directly here uh, with the quick keys. I don't even have the pen in my hand that I'm not having to click anything. I can put masks on so that I can alter one part of the image. Uh, as we saw in the previous image when we had the the um, radial or the, the, the radial blend or the elliptical uh, that's going through. But I can control all of this here. And then I can go before and after. I can say there's before, there's after. Uh, or I can say, hey, let's look at before and after side by side because I've got buttons set up on my quick keys to speed that up. Oh, let's have a look and see exactly what this is like before and after. Do I like the way it looks or do I want to go back to what it was originally? And that's just editing faster and smarter by using the quick keys. I am using a display, which is here, but for Sense Labs, <laughs> what actually happens is uh, we have a bundle where you can get the tablet, you get the two pens, you get the pen case, and you get the quick case. So you get everything that comes as a bundle deal. So if you like using a tablet, then you still have access to the quick case as part of the bundle deal. And that way, you still have access to all the shortcuts that you can create. And you get the two pens. You get a, a three-button pen, and you get a thin pen. You get all the extra nibs. Kirsten mentioned earlier about his daughter drawing on an iPad. Well, when you draw on a screen, the screen can be kind of slippy. Our, our display for our Pen Display 24 has a textured surface, so it's enough of a grip. It's not fully textured. It's enough of a grip that makes it feel as if you're drawing on something proper and not drawing the same as what you would on a, an iPad. Normally, people with iPads, they go and buy the, uh, I think it's called the paper-like, I think it is, which is a cover that goes on the iPad to give it a bit more grip. And then they also change the nib that's on uh, the pen tip that's on the Apple Pencil. So, hey, we give you different pen nibs that's in the case. And the gray ones will actually make it feel a little bit more of a grip when you're drawing either on the tablet surface or on the display itself. So all of this is uh, is just designed to speed up your workflow to make things that a little bit easier for you um, and to make sure that whenever you're sitting down to work and you've got, as Kirsten says, 3,000 images to sit and process, that you don't go, I don't care, I have to get stuck into this. Now, you do photography because you're passionate about what you do. You take 3,000 images because you know that one, two, five, ten of those images are going to be spectacular. And, and you go click, click, click. Gone are the days when we had 24 images in a film. We can take 3,000 images <laughs> and we can process 3,000 images if we want and we can fine-tune them. But if we can speed up that process, even the process of just culling those images, 
what they like, what they're not like. Right, if I can just share one more screen to you, and I'll go into this, and I'll go to here, and I'll share this screen. So whole blast of images. If I use my uh, over-the-shoulder view for this one, so a whole blast of images, it now says on my quick keys, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, pick and reject. And I can just push this button, and you can see that it jumps through the different sets. That's what I've been doing while I've been sitting here working. I, I have five different sets, which then gives me so much more. I've even converted to black and white as an option in here. I have the option key, reset the image, shift, undo, copy, lots of different things that I use. You may not use the same things as me. So you can program this to be whatever you use. So if I'm sitting in here and I've got an image, I could say, hey, that's a five-star image. I could click on the next one and say, well, that's a four-star image. I could set up my filters. I could say pick or reject. And instead of having to come across and click on different images, then look, I can zoom in and out. You can see here, I'm just using the dial. And if I push the button on the dial, it's going to change the color. Ooh, and if I do that, then I can increase or decrease the ratings. So you can see there. Push it again, it changes color again. And then it can cycle through the different images. So I can literally do a lot of the culling down of images and selecting those images just by using the quick keys. Which one do I want to use? Next and previous. You can see it's just running through the different images. And that's on my quick keys. So I can have all my images sitting here, looking at them and going, do I like it? Yes, I'm going to pick it. So it says flag this pick. And do I like that one? Yeah, I like that one. And do I like this one? I use that one a lot. And let's take this one. Don't like that one. That's it rejected. And it's just a matter of going pick, reject, pick, reject. You can do that on a keyboard. Of course you can. You can come down your keyboard and go, well, this is pick and this is reject. But I have a question for you, Kirsten. Do you use you use Lightroom Classic? Do you do you use Lightroom Mobile as well? Or Lightroom CC? Um, so I use Lightroom Mobile on my phone. Um yeah, when I'm when I'm out and about, yeah. I mean, basically, the, I mean, ninety nine percent of my editing is done on, on Lightroom Classic. Um, but yep. when I'm out and about, and let's say you know I want to take a shot on my phone, and I want to just post it to I don't know Facebook or Instagram or whatever, um, and I want to give it a quick edit, yeah, I, I use Lightroom Mobile. Um, okay. So one of the and, things is yeah. the buttons that's on Lightroom Mobile or Lightroom CC, as they call it, on a desktop and Lightroom Classic, some of the keyboard commands are different. So if you're picking, rejecting, if you're trying to rotate images, there are certain keyboard commands which are different. So I've found by training some photographers that they switch between Lightroom Mobile, Lightroom CC, as you call it, uh, or Lightroom Classic. Um, most people prefer Lightroom Classic, and Lightroom Classic Update now has the ability, or sorry, Lightroom CC now has the ability to work like Lightroom Classic and save images and catalogs to your desktop. But some of the keyboard commands are different. So when we've been working with photographers in the past that do switch between the two different apps, they're looking down at their keyboard and going, oh, hang on, I'm in Lightroom CC, so the button is this. And I'm having to think about it. Or I'm in Lightroom Classic, uh, hang on, what is the keyboard command for that? And they're having to think about that. And that, even that thought process slows down what you're doing. Yeah. Whereas... When you program it onto something like the quick keys, 
or into the buttons on your pan, then it, you don't have to think about it. Because what we have, which other companies don't have, is this OLED display, which you can program for anything in any way. You can have any text that you want to come up into that display. You can program this. If I just switch across to here, and uh, nope, to that screen. So this is my quick keys. And if I go to Lightroom Classic, which is here, I can come in, I'll come into this set and I'll change this one. I can come in here and I can actually key in anything. Yes, I've keyed in the word anything, just to show point. So now I, whenever I'm in Lightroom, and I come across to da, 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 this screen, which was uh, set E, you will see the word anything, literally on the OLED panel. So you can program yeah, this so that it works for you. Uh, if there's a certain phrase that you use, uh, if you use actions in Photoshop, uh, if I jump into Photoshop really quick, and let me open up this image. Yeah, I'll open up this image in Photoshop. So real quick, if I just again share screen, I'm in, I'm in Photoshop here. Uh, I've got an image opened in Photoshop. I'm using Photoshop Beta, which is here at the minute. And if I come up to my actions, so I have frequency separation set up in here. I have select subject, a mask that's in here. I have a generative fill action, which is in here. Um, and I have luminosity masks. So I actually love luminosity masks. Um, and hopefully people will understand what a luminosity mask is. Uh, it's whenever you go to your channels and you build a whole series of different channels based on highlights or dark, light or dark parts of your image that you draw out so that when you go to make corrections to an image, uh, you can get very fine tonal changes. So if I had an image, I'm in Photoshop, and I wanted to run a luminosity mask action, I could open up my actions panel. I could look up and down and go, where are my actions? Oh, there it is. And then I could click it and play. Anyone can do that. Or what I can do is I have on my quickies, when I hold that up, and I have luminosity masks as a button on my quickies. So I have an action, which the action has a keyboard command, and the keyboard command has now been put onto my quick keys. And on my quick keys, I have named it L-U-M for luminosity, which means I can push one button, and it runs the action and gives me all of everything that I need. So I can then go on and create different masks from that and draw out different parts of this image to correct or to edit. I didn't have to go and open up my actions panel, look up and down and try and find where my luminosity mask is and then click on it and then hit the play button in order to generate that. And I certainly didn't have to go and create them all manually. And there's a million and one different frequency separation uh, actions that are out there or different people have their own um, different ways in which they, they do frequency separation. But if you can record it as an action, then you can put that action as a, uh, a keyboard command and if it goes as a keyboard command, then you drop it straight down onto the quick keys as a, a one-click button. And it certainly does speed up your workflow. And um, we were talking, Kirsten, about dropping off maybe 10 minutes 
for editing photos uh, and just literally pulling 3,000 photos down to 700. Um, I can beat that in that we took a photographer um, who will be watching this actually. So, hi Nick. Um, who took <laughs> close to 10,000 shots and he culled them down to 200 and he saved more than 10 minutes, believe me. Because uh, he, he was just, yeah, it's, it's for surfing basically is what he's doing. So obviously surfing, waterproof camera, ring setup, he's in the water going click, 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 click. Um, waves are flying everywhere. Surfboarders are flying. Surfers are flying everywhere. Boards are flying everywhere. And you have to get that right shot. So you tend to go click, burst, boom, 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 boom. And then you have to break it down until you find the sweet spot, the, the right image. Uh, and he was literally flying. So you're going click, 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 click. And he killed 10,000 images down to 200. Uh, and he saved more than 10 minutes. And he did most of it with the quickies. We're going pick, 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 reject, reject, reject within Lightroom. So fast and so yeah, finding finding these sort of workflows is, I mean, it's so valuable. It's you know, I can't I can't emphasize it enough. It, it really made a huge difference um, to the way I'm editing, you know, uh, photos. I mean, even you know, even if you sort of bring it down to just editing one one image, let's say you know you're doing an extensive edit, um, you know, where you're retouching skin and hair and clothing and all the rest of it. That in, that on its own will take quite a long time if you're doing it. In the traditional way, using yeah. you know sliders and a mouse or whatever else, um, you know, but you can just cut the time down on that so dramatically, you know, by by using things like, you know, quick use. I want to show you something which um, for Photoshop. So you mentioned about hair, and you mentioned about retouching, and this is something that let me just very quickly get this set up, and this is something for me personally. So I use a lot of different styles of brushes. And what you just mentioned there is if people are editing <laughs> hair, then they're going to use a certain type of brush. If they're editing fur, they're going to do a different type of brush. If they're doing grass, then you're going to have all different styles and different types of um, brushes that you're going to use. And I'm going to flick across to here. So here's one I prepared uh, earlier. So let me just share my screen. And then I'll talk you through what I have. I have a, a blank Photoshop document open. And how I created the blank Photoshop document is I clicked the button on my quick keys because I have a demo set up on my quick keys for a blank Photoshop document with a white background or a blank Photoshop document with a black background because that's something I do a lot of. And it also creates me uh, a new layer, as you can see here, uh, which is just a new blank layer. So that whole thing is an action. And that action has a keyboard command or creating new layers. So you come in here, you can see frequency separation, and then below that it says quick key actions. So here's a whole series of quick keys actions. And you can see I have new document white, new document black with keyboard commands. So I can push those as buttons. So here's the thing, to speed up your workflow, I have my uh, brush tool selected within Photoshop, and I'm gonna go hey. from right to left, and I get this. All right, so that's a normal standard every day. That looks like a brush in Photoshop. Okay, so if I want to fix that brush and I want to make it a little bit more interactive, and I maybe want to change the size of the brush so that as I draw across, I'm getting pressure based on how I lean down with the pen, then how do I do that in Photoshop? There's a million and one different ways in which you can do that, and you can click on lots of different buttons. 
what I can do is I can take my quick keys and I can push a button on my quick keys and you'll see on the screen the cursor changes so you can see here the circle and the brush as I click the quick keys it changes because it just did something it's just applied now uh, a setting on my quick keys has applied a different style of brush so that right now if I lean down light I get a thin brush and if I lean down heavy I get a stick brush but I didn't have to come up and start clicking on different buttons I didn't have to come into my brush settings which I don't have open uh, window uh, the brush 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 settings oh there it is I didn't have to come in here and start playing about with different shape dynamics I didn't have to start selecting different things I push one button on my quick keys let me do another thing I'm going to push another button on my quick keys and you'll see the cursor just automatically flicked and changed this is opacity so right now if I lean down light I get a light grey and if I lean down heavy I get a darker I'm going to push one more button and this now is size and opacity and all of that I'm controlling with my quick keys directly on screen now we mentioned about if you're retouching hair that maybe you're constantly changing your brush settings so you will be jumping across to the brush settings you you will be changing different brushes that you've got saved in here you will be coming up and changing uh, to find the right effect for your brush I take my magic finger and I go and I click this button and I now have an edge to brush so you can see there's a bit of an effect that comes on that brush and I can make that brush bigger or smaller by using my quick keys and I've got pressure so you can see the edging that's coming around that brush if I go here I can choose what's called an edge brush Ooh, completely different style of brush and all of that I can control the pressure sensitivity of the pen so if I am heavy handed or I'm light handed uh, on the display or on the tablet this is the pressure sensitivity that I can go through and I can customize so I can see how I'm leaning down on the display or I can say no no, no I want them to be thinner lines I'm leaning with the same amount of pressure I'm leaning with the same amount of pressure but I'm getting two different styles of lines so I can customize this for how I lean down on the display which then gives me a different style of line as I come to paint on the screen so I'll just put another layer so you can see and now what I have is a different type of brush so if I've got multiple brushes that I use for retouching hair or skin tones and things like that I can actually save those different brushes here within Photoshop <coughs> as I create them in Photoshop and make sure I, this is exactly the type of brush I can then come up into my brush panel and I can save them and name them and then what I did is I took it one stage further in that I created an action in Photoshop and the action in Photoshop all it does the action comes up selects the brush and stops that's it it just selects the brush and then stops but because I've got an action that selects that brush it means that I can put a keyboard command to that action and if I can put a keyboard command to that action guess what 
I can put that action onto my quick keys. So you can see here, if I try to get the angle right on this, on my quick keys, I have one that says edge brush, grunge brush, paint in brush, size, opacity. I can have as many brushes as I want programmed into my quick keys so that instead of me having to constantly go up to the top left of the screen and try and go, oh, which brush do I need today? Then I can program all them straight down onto my quick keys. At any one time, this is this is the training unit that I'm using right now um, for what we're talking about. But for my actual main machine, I would probably have close to, I'm going to say probably close to 200 different actions in there. Um, some of which I use on a regular basis, some of which I just dip in and out of. But for brushes, I could have 40 different brushes that I've been using for, for retouching. I don't have any hair to, to complain about, but even at that, if uh, somebody has stubble, a beard like yourself, and I want to make you know jet black, then I have different brushes for different types of stubble, different types of beard uh, that I'd use, and they're just different brushes that are set up. So what we can actually do with the Sense Labs is we can actually have two quick keys connected to the same device, which gives you, instead of 40 buttons, 44 buttons, it's going to give you 88 buttons that you can use. And when I'm retouching on my main machine, I'm going to have one of my quick keys set up so that a lot of them are different brushes and actions that I'm jumping through those 44 buttons in Photoshop really, really fast so that I'm not having to look around the screen and think, where am I and um, what am I doing? It just goes click, 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 click. And it saves a lot of time. Saves a lot of time. Takes a little bit of time to set up, but that's why my job title is Customer Engagement and Training Director. Uh, if anyone has quick keys and are looking to get a copy of these actions, I'm more than happy to send them across the person. Uh, you can add them onto YouTube as uh, download links. If anyone has them as a quick keys and, and wants a copy of them, happy to share them. Happy to jump on Zoom sessions with people. Uh, and we do run webinars on a regular basis in Sense Labs uh, to get people up to speed. And we have a whole series of training videos uh, which are coming through uh, and slowly but surely coming, being released out on the YouTube uh, to get people up to speed on. Phenomenal. And of course, all the links that, we're, that we've been talking about um, will be in the description, uh, either in the podcast description if you're on audio um, or, of course, in the YouTube description um, if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, Ian, if you had any tips, or what would be your tips for anybody who's thinking about switching from editing with a mouse to using a tablet? What would be your number one tip? Take your mouse and throw it in the bin. And if you don't want to throw it in the bin, then post it to somebody who's at the other side of the world. And ditch the mouse so that you can't lift it up again. And we have what's called a memory muscle. It's an actual thing. You have a memory muscle. So when you get stuck at something, you naturally gravitate to what you're used to, what you're familiar with. And if you've used a mouse in your hand for so long and you put that to the side of your desk and you lift the pen up, for the first, I would say, two hours, maybe three hours, you're naturally going to go, oh, this doesn't feel the same because it's change. It's not going to feel bad. It's not going to feel good. It's just going to feel different. So your natural memory muscle is to set that pen down and go and lift the mouse and do things the way that you've done them. So the number one thing I would say is ditch the mouse. Don't put it to the side of your desk. Don't put it in a drawer where you can lift it out. 
put it in a physical other part of your building. As I say, post it to someone, give it to someone, get it out of your sight for at least a day. Have that day where you don't have any live projects that are screamingly urgent because you will, when you come to using a pen in your hand, takes time to get comfortable with moving your arm around rather than just moving your wrist around in a smaller. I use uh, a pen in my left hand and I've been conditioned through school growing up of putting a mouse in my right hand. So I would be sitting, if someone handed me a mouse, I put it into my right hand. Someone handed me a pen, I'm left-handed and use the pen in my left hand, which is weird, but it works. Um, so yeah, get rid of the mouse, nowhere near you, don't have any live projects and take a project that you've already done and redo it by using the pen. And so you start again from scratch on a project that you've already done uh, and take your time and watch what you do. Um, I love notebooks and notepads and I have a million and one notebooks and notepads that sit here all around me. At any one time I could lift, there's seven different notepads that are sitting right beside me right now. Um, as much as we've got digital and digital computers and digital note taking and things like that, um, I'm still a notepad person. And what I would suggest you do is if you're using Photoshop or using Lightroom, write down what you do. I don't want full essays and what you do, but do you use actions? Do you use frequency separation? Which buttons on the toolbar do you press? Which ones do you use most? Because those buttons write down the keyboard equivalent of what it is. The brush tool, B. How do you swap your foreground and background colors in Photoshop? These are basic things. People press X on the keyboard or they go across and they toggle the little arrows on the toolbar. So X on the keyboard. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but in Photoshop, I have my pen set up with one of the buttons that I could switch when I was doing those brushes. I could switch my foreground and background because I programmed my pen to be the letter X because that's something that I would use a lot. I use a lot of masks. Uh, and in order to draw the masks, you have to paint on, paint off. And I have a, a button which is default, which defaults it to black and white on my pen. I have a button which switches foreground and background uh, which toggles with X and then I have a right mouse button equivalent or right click button equivalent and so it pops up my options panel for me and all of that is programmed in my pen so write those keyboard commands down don't try to jump into the settings and configure the settings straight away take a note I have a notebook with all what I did at the very start is write down in every application all the different programs, all the different uh, buttons that I click on, and then jump into Photoshop, open up the settings panel, and customize it slightly. Try it, play with it. Take a full day, if you have time to take a full day. I know everybody's under pressure with work. Uh, but take a full day, if you can, uh, and let's see, play with the buttons and setting it up. Because how you set it up, Kirsten, will be different from how I set it up. Uh, and that's the thing that I love about this. It's not here's our settings, this is what you have to use, go and use it. It's, what do you do? Oh, oh, so you do this button? Okay, so let's put that button into the quick keys. Should it go on set one or should it go on set two? What do you use first? When you open up Photoshop, what's the first thing you do? When you open up Lightroom, what's the first thing you do? Oh, you're importing your photographs? Okay, how do you import your photographs? Maybe that should be your set one, your set A within the quick keys. So plan it out, take time to play with it, but 
overall, disable your trackpad and ditch your mouse. Yeah, and I can absolutely attest to that working really well. And that's exactly what I did um, when I first um, when I first started using the uh, my Stream Deck with Final Cut Pro. You know, I spent about a day just doing a standard edit and then just figuring out, well, which buttons do I press? What functions do I use? Um, yep. What would be useful to have you know, a shortcut for um, on the Stream Deck? Of course, the Stream Deck being a lot more limited in the sense that there's a limited, there's a very finite amount of, of buttons on the Stream Deck. Which I think I've got eighteen on, on mine. Is it eighteen? Well, fifteen. I have fifteen. I can't count. Fifteen. Yeah. So, um, so you know, and actually, initially, you know, you can think, well, fifteen shortcuts—that's a lot of shortcuts. But actually, it really isn't. You know, once you get into it, it's you know, you take up that space before you know it. And so, you know, but nevertheless, these are the fifteen most common commands that I use or actions that yeah. I use in Final Cut. And just something simple like play and stop. Very simple thing. I, I, you know, I press play and stop all the time. Um, and of course, it's easy in Final Cut because you just hit the space bar. But it means that I would have to ha use my other hand. So having this function, this play and stop function on my Stream Deck, for example, or on a quick keys of device, it just, you know, your hand's already there. It's, it's super yep. simple. It saves you time. You know, and again, you know, if every time you change something or you click something every time you save one second over the whole course of an edit, it will just save you a monumental amount of time. Yep. And as I always say, I make money when I'm shooting, I'm losing money when I'm editing. So, you know, like so the way I look at it is if, you know, if I can be out there shooting, I'll actually, you know, I'll, I'll make more money. If I'm editing, if I spend hours or days even, editing, then that's where I'm losing money. That's, you know, that is, again, when you're doing, as soon as you stop um, doing volume work, it's it's absolutely vital. Um, Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much um, for, for coming on the uh, Camera Check podcast. I'm, I'm very sure it won't be the last time. Um, there's going to be plenty of stuff to talk about when it comes to technology and so on and so forth. So again, thank you so much for being our special guest today. It's been an absolute pleasure, Kirsten, and say so we should have done this a long time ago. And uh, we will also get you on the Sense Labs uh, webinar series and uh, run through and let our viewers see what you do uh, because you do so much from talking to, to the photography show and getting to know you over the past while. Uh, there's so many more things that you do in behind the scenes that people don't actually realize within the community. Uh, so thank you so much for inviting me on to this. I uh, totally love your podcast and uh, the YouTube series. And I'm looking forward to this going out and we'll we'll advertise it across our channels. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing you in person again at uh, the photography show next year. Fantastic. And you know, you just mentioned the photography show. Actually two things to mention. One is um, you know, this episode will be going out later on today. So it is Thursday. No, it's not, it's Friday today. Um, but of course it was um, Thanksgiving in the US yesterday, which is why I thought, well, actually, it's a perfect opportunity to uh, to you know, put a show out on the Friday because I know everybody has been busy with their Thanksgiving festivities and everything. And uh, I've seen some oh, I've seen some amazing turkey recipes. Let me tell you, incredible! Whoa. Makes you hungry. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw our, our mutual friend Lisa Carney had a, a, yeah. put a photo of of her turkey on uh, on Facebook, I believe. And I, I just went, well, I have to she have that recipe. The, that looks amazing. But she shared the recipe. Yeah, she shared how to cook it and what to do. Yes, exactly. I'm, I saved that down as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, in for some reason in my house, 
And of course, we, we're over here in the UK, so um, you know, the, the, the turkey tradition here is Christmas. Yeah. Um, and uh, and for some reason, it seems to be my job to make the turkey every year. So you know, it's I'm always up for for new recipe ideas for sure. So cool. Lisa, if you're watching this, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. But I, yeah, I will put thank that you into practice. From Muslims. Okay, folks, that's all for today. It was amazing to have Ian on the show. But before you go, let me just recommend another episode that I think you'll like. Check out episode 103 with Adobe legend Russell Preston Brown. I'm sure you'll love it. If you enjoy our content, consider supporting us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash camera shake to help us continue creating and bringing you more exciting episodes. It really does mean the world to us. And for those of you who are listening to the audio version of this podcast, did you know that there's a fully fleshed video version over on YouTube with plenty of examples of our guest photography in full Technicolor? All you have to do is go over to YouTube, search for Camera Shake Podcast, and you'll be able to watch all our past episodes on there. And if you are on YouTube already, well, get in touch and leave a comment. And remember to hit the like button, ring the bell, and share with your friends. You can help us reach a greater audience all over the world. Once again, thank you for listening and watching, and I'll see you again next Thursday. Bye.